Today's Girl Which Way show is brought to you by Shalia Speaks. Shalia Speaks is the umbrella that the Shalia brand stands under. Whether it's coaching sessions, books, or speaking, Shalia Speaks is the vehicle that gets my voice out to you all. Visit shaliavenny.com and book a coaching session, find out more about me, grab one of my books, and more. I can't wait to connect more with you. Welcome to the Girl Which Way podcast, the show that exists because life is a journey, but you still need direction. Grab your tribe and get ready because each episode we'll be talking about our real life issues, answering questions and building solid relationships with one another as we heal and learn. Now I'm your host, your girl, Shalia Vinny, and today's show is personal to me. I had a fight with my dad and then the next day he died. Can we talk about it? I'll tell you the story that nobody knows. I walked downstairs into the kitchen, and there he was, standing in front of the kitchen island, drunk and just stumbling. It's a scene that I had grown accustomed to, and I couldn't stand it anymore. Day in and day out, it was the same story. He would wake up, sneak out the house, or at least, you know, he thought he was sneaking because our cameras would catch him and alert us every time he walked out. But anyway, he would sneak out, and he'd walk to the gas station and get himself a drink. He sometimes drank it on his walk back home, and then sometimes he would just sit on the porch and drink it while pretending to be getting some fresh air. It wasn't that I had a problem with him having a drink. It was the fact that he didn't know how to just have a drink. He always had to go and get white girl wasted. And once he'd get so drunk he couldn't walk, that's when he would come in the house. And then he'd stumble into the furniture, breaking things. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but that's a no-no for me. I like having nice things and a nice home, and I work hard to maintain it. So he was not going to mess that up. The whole family was sick of it. I'd given him ultimatums multiple times. You know, I told him to shape up or shape out. You know, we tried, we talked to him, we threatened him, we're going to kick you out, all sorts of things. I explained to him that if he couldn't follow the rules of our home, he couldn't stay. I even kicked him out twice. I took him to shelters and boarding cares, but I don't know. It's like I could never bring myself to leave him. And then I'd always, you know, cave and just bring him home. He wanted it that way. And deep down, so did I. But here we were. I shouted at him and I told him that he was better than this. I told him that I didn't want to see him like this anymore. I told him that his grandchildren deserved a better version of him. I yelled at him and I told him he made me sick and I was tired of him and his craziness. I told him I didn't want my dad to be this way and to be such a loser. He teared up and he apologized and told me he didn't mean any harm. He told me that he loved me and that he was proud of me. And I told him that I loved him too, but that wasn't the point. He wasn't going to win over my good graces right now, especially with his tears. All I wanted him to do was to hear me out and to hold himself accountable. I wanted him to just get his crap together, like right away, not next week, not next month, not next year, today. He put his head down and he went to his room. The next day, I didn't see him come out of his room all day. It was unusual for him, but I know he was trying to stay out of my way because he always did this whenever we fought. So when I went downstairs, it was like four o'clock and I sat in the theater room. And he came out of his room and we made eye contact, but he was too afraid to say anything to me. And I was too mad to say anything to him. I knew he was headed to the store. He went out the front door and that's the last time I saw him alive. Okay, so for a little backstory, I want to be clear. 
I was and will always be a daddy's girl since I was little. My dad was always rooting for me the loudest. He always wanted me to go after my dreams and he was always super proud of me. I would stand and look him in his eyes and I would tell him about my dreams and I would tell him, you know, hey, look, I accomplished something and his eyes would tear up and he would just just melt every time and you could like see the pride all over his face. It was literally palpable. Growing up, I was always with him and felt closer to him than anyone else. I never felt like I really belonged in my family because I had nothing in common with anybody except for him. I love to read and to write and I like school and learning and books and dreaming and everyone made fun of me growing up because I was smart, but it was he who made me feel like I was special and told me to keep going. You know, we had a plan. I was going to go to Harvard Law and be hugely successful. I was well on my way too. I'd made it into the best program, started college in the ninth grade, was on my way to study abroad in Spain and then off to Harvard on a scholarship. That was, of course, until I got pregnant. He was furious and disappointed in me, but eventually came around and still told me I could do anything. And I picked myself up while he cheered me on and crossed many goals off my list when all odds were stacked against me. Now, I had issues with who he was to my mother because as a husband, he fell short and I knew my mom deserved so much better. He was a womanizer. He was a user. And I carried a lot of my mom's pain inside of my heart, too, when she died. And I saw how he treated her up until the end. And, you know, to me, it was like after 40 years of marriage and service on her part, he didn't honor her correctly or say the right words to her in the end. And it ate me up for her. And I resented him for that and for not walking in his full potential. But I must say, he was mostly good to me. My phone started blowing up with all of this closest friends from his friends list and family members and everybody just started calling me at once. And I don't know, it's like weird. It's like I instinctively knew something had happened to him. I could feel it. And all I could think about was all of the stuff that I was just mentioning. It turns out someone had found his phone on him and called his contacts to let them know that he had fallen out on the sidewalk and they called for help as he had lost consciousness. The paramedics were there to take him and they didn't know where he was going, but they wanted us to know, hey, your loved one is going to the hospital. I called everywhere until I finally figured out where he was taken. He was in trauma ICU and the doctor told me that he had not waken up and they were going to airlift him to another hospital with a neurosurgeon since he had a blockage on his brain and needed emergent surgery to save his life as he was not responsive. I was told not to come. They let me know when he left, and the next hospital let me know when he arrived. The correct term is an M1 occlusion and multiple brain blockages. Turns out there was nothing the team could do because of the location of the blockages. They said that if the blockages were just in one place, it'd be doable, but because they were in multiple places on his brain, there was nothing they could do. They told me that he wouldn't make it. And he never woke up or responded again. I kept waiting for a miracle, but it never came. So exactly one week later, I had to let him go. I turned on some jazz music, his favorite, and stood by his side and FaceTimed my brothers while we said our goodbyes. And moments after they extubated him, he was gone. It was quick. And even though I knew that my dad was gone when he arrived at that first hospital, because he arrived unresponsive and pulseless, and then they intubated him and basically kept him alive on the machines, seeing his breathing stop and his chest rise and fall one last time, broke my heart in ways I can't even describe. He was really gone. I didn't know how to be okay with that. And quite frankly, it still doesn't feel all the way real. And I still haven't fully processed it or accepted it. 
Today's Girl Which Way show is brought to you by Shalia Speaks. Shalia Speaks is the umbrella that the Shalia brand stands under. Whether it's coaching sessions, books, or speaking, Shalia Speaks is the vehicle that gets my voice out to you all. Visit shaliavenny.com and book a coaching session, find out more about me, grab one of my books, and more. I can't wait to connect more with you. So we've been talking about the loss of my dad, and while I have mostly been overcome with grief, there was also a lesson in the loss, and that's what I want to share with you in the hopes that it might help you too. So number one, the thing that I learned, taking it personal. You know, we often romanticize this idea of who our parents are, and because we do this, we don't experience them in their authenticity. I wish they would have done this or said that or been better in this way or set me up financially, and the list goes on. We spend so much time being disappointed in who they aren't that we miss out on who they are. I've learned that if you give your parents grace and you accept them for who they are, you won't feel so disappointed. You have to learn that no one is perfect and it is not your job to take their personal choices personally. You have to love them despite their shortcomings for who they are. Number two, father versus husband. I hated the way my father loved my mother. I just don't remember her smiling or feeling like a woman. She always seemed to love him more than he loved her. And we all knew it. And, you know, it wasn't a secret because he even said it. My mother adored him with every fiber of her being. And because I witnessed the lack of reciprocity and sometimes downright cruelty towards her, it made me grow to resent him. But as he's been gone, or since he's been gone, I learned that Their marriage was theirs, and our relationship was all I could focus on. Who he was to my mother was their business, right or wrong. It had nothing to do with me. Number three, he was there. I know they say we shouldn't give people credit for things they're supposed to do, but sometimes, I don't know, I think we should. Lots of people question who their fathers are or what they look like or what made them tick or, you know, just all sorts of things, right? They wonder what traits they have from their fathers, and, you know, they question All of these things, what do I look like? Do I smell like him? Do I talk like him? Do I walk like him? And often these questions go unanswered. I feel fortunate that I didn't have that question lingering of who my father was. I'm grateful that he was there because he showed up for me. Number four, he did his best. Speaking of him showing up, he showed up the best way that he knew how. We often put people into these boxes and we think they should fit into them and be what we want them to be and how we want them to be. Sometimes we must understand that just because someone didn't love us in our love language or the way we would have had them to, that doesn't mean that they don't love us from their greatest capacity. People are out here really trying their best. And one reason that they have shortcomings or two reasons or three or four is because of their background and how they were brought up. So you never know why they're the way that they are. But I learned that we have to stop putting so much emphasis on the shortcomings that Lord knows that my father had. And we have to remember that they operated out of love for for us. He loved me and he was very proud of me. I couldn't even tell him about any accomplishment without him crying and just having tears of joy and pride for me. Number five, this is probably the most important thing. I said what I meant. You always told me to say what I mean and mean what I say, daddy. And I argued with you and it got intense because I was so frustrated with you. And we fought like we fought a million times and I felt some deep regret and I still do. But now I'm understanding that it needed to be said. I said what I was feeling out of love and you knew that. I can still hear him saying, I know, Shalia. 
I wish I had more time and I still want to tell you that I love you once more, but I actually don't regret our last conversation for what was said. I regret that it was our last. I'm glad you died knowing that I was willing to fight for you as much as I was willing to fight with you. A lot of you guys, I know that you have things that you're holding in and things you've never said, but it's actually very healing for you to get those things off of your chest. I wish it wasn't the last conversation we had, but I'm glad that I was able to tell my truth to him out of love. My daddy was flawed and wise. He was kind and sincere and loving and infuriating. A skilled musician on the saxophone, an avid golfer and teacher, always the best dressed in any room. He had a penchant for designer suits and wore them well, always with a nice tie. Also an accomplished author and lover of words, one of the most intelligent people I know. He had so much promise and passion for so many things. He was broken and put together. He was human. He was mine. On June 30th, 2022, he left forever, but he will live through my memories forever because I will always carry his essence in my spirit. For those of you with parents in your lives, whom you can still reach out to, whom you can still call, do so while you still can. You never know when it'll be your last opportunity. Let go of your issues and expectations and try to love them. Even if they show up as broken people, there are broken people. I will always wish I had more time with both of my parents. Don't waste yours. Thank you for everything, Daddy. You were definitely a character and you didn't always get it right, but I'm who I am because of you. I got the best parts of you. Because of you, I can read music. It's because of you I dreamed of more and I believed I could do it. You're the reason I can speak two languages and dabble in a third. You're the reason I love to read. You gave me thousand page books at 10 and 11 and I devoured them and built this hunger for language. You're the reason why I've seen such great places and fantasies and dreams and you're the reason that I speak proper English and that I love the language so much and grammar so much. My love for jazz and classical music is because of you. I will never be able to hear a saxophone again without thinking of you. I'm grateful for it all and I appreciate you so much, Daddy. I will always love you. Today's show was brought to you by Shalia Speaks. Please rate the show on your favorite streaming platform, share it with one person who you think needs to hear it, and ask them to do the same. Remember, good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. Until next time, your friend and motivator, Shalia. Bye.